Welcome to the Gay Buddhist Forum, where teachers from all schools of Buddhism offer their perspectives on the Dharma and its application in modern times, especially for LGBTQI audiences. These talks are offered freely to the world and made possible by appreciative listeners. If you would like to support our efforts to share the Dharma with underserved audiences, please visit gaybuddhist.org. There you can donate, find a list of upcoming speakers, or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996. Welcome back. Um, before I introduce our speaker, we'll have introductions. Uh, we'll just go around and see our first one. My name is Jeff. I'm Mark. I'm Brian. George. David. My name is Cass. I'm Jack. Douglas, I'm Sean. My name is Paul. My name is Ray. Tatoro. My name is Brian. My name is Jerry. I'm Hal. Mark. My name is Roy. Lee. Prasada Chitta. Martin. Kevin. David. My name is Michael. I'm Kenny. I'm Len. Shepherd. <laughs> Today we have the pleasure of hearing from Dr. Shepherd, uh, us. He's been uh, basically, aside from being educated at Columbia and uh, Boston University, uh, he's had cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer in 1970 and has been teaching. Uh, Began teaching workshops that, to survivors about that uh, right away around the country, Stanford and Kaiser and lots of places. Uh, He's been a counselor for 30 years, uh, people with uh, traumatic illness and um, recovery issues, and he's written a number of books. Uh, in fact, he's got a couple out there. One is just being published now called Portal Poems. And uh, he's very uh, first in and talks a lot about aging and how to approach that gracefully. Uh, and he has an Amplomerian bookstore, Good Shepherd, Fine Bindings. So without further ado. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here with you today and also to share in that experience of of, uh, we call this a, I call it a collection, which you, uh, I get myself together, I get all the pieces together, the, whatever is uh, disparate in myself to collect it in one place and to show up with it in the day. It would be wonderful if we could bring into the day the consciousness that we experience at the end of our meditation so that we could more fully access the whole of ourselves in that, in that uh, moment. I want to begin with a, a very small story. It, it, it may be, uh, well, you'll hear uh, its relevance in a second. 
Um, I was married for 27 years to a woman, and I've just celebrated 27 years with a man. Uh, so I, I this, both sides of the street are, are kind of covered. And, uh, and, uh, many years ago, uh, my older son, Hugh, uh, was uh, walked into the bathroom while my wife was uh, actively engaged. Well, what she was doing, she was putting um, a makeup uh, on, you know, with a, a foundation and the, the uh, liner and all the other stuff. And he, he looked up at her and he said, Mother, what are you doing? And she said, I'm trying to make myself beautiful. And he said, will it work? <laughs> I don't know whether what I have to say this morning uh, with you, because I don't want to speak to you, I'd like to speak with you, whether what I have to say will work or not. It's really your decision. You know, things happen to us, but it's what we do about them that makes all the difference in the world what we do about them. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer not in, in, in 1970, but in the year 2000. And it was because of that experience of, in the, in the uh, uh, support group, I spoke about the fact that I had been journaling, journal writing, since 1955. That is the date that I began. That uh, the facilitator said to me, do you know that there's been a lot of there's been extensive work done in this whole area of journaling. Do you know about it? And I said, well, I know the effect of it on me. So she sent me to the book that, that the uh, psychologist, James Penny Baker, wrote called Opening Up. And I read about all the, the material that he had discovered through scientific research that I had discovered simply by doing it, just by doing it. And uh, I told her how important it was for my recovery that uh, I begin uh, doing workshops for people uh, with um, surviving cancer. By the way, I have written a couple of books before then on recovery. One is called Accepting Ourselves, uh, a 12-step journey of recovery for uh, gays, lesbians, and bisexuals. And that grew into another book called Accepting Ourselves and Others that Hazelden published in uh, 1996. It's a, it's a step book that, that uses the gay experience uh, in order to make it make real uh, the recovery issues that are, instead of, and people are in denial about, including psychologists and psychiatrists, uh, to help them to understand how recovery is different for gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transgender people. So uh, I told her that what I intended to do was begin as soon as I was able, which happened the next year, um, in 2001, to do workshops uh, to help people, make, to make it possible for people to understand how valuable journal writing could be for them. I have to tell you that in the beginning, my entry into journal writing, if you think it was easy, it was not. Uh, I was the most reluctant journal writer that you can imagine. However, I was struggling with a particular problem in 1955, which was migraine headaches. Any of you have ever had migraine headaches? You know what they're like? 
Well, for me, three days coming, three days with me, and three days leaving. They were really intense, and it happened every 28 days. It was an incredible waste of a month. So my brother's best friend, who uh, was a psychiatrist, at the time, psychiatrists were voodoo doctors. They were not, in 1955, psychiatry uh, was, was not very well acceptable uh, in the general population. Well, uh, he encouraged me to start journaling. And finally, after the third visit to him, in which he asked me, and are you uh, about my journaling, I said, you know, I can't do that. He said, Shepard, if you don't start journaling, I'm not going to see you again. <laughs> so that was, for me, um, the in, that was the invitation I needed, my invitation. And because I found that over time, and I have written through all the years, sometimes I've missed... Of, uh, a week or so, back at it again. But because I did it, and I found that it worked for me, that I began using it as a practice. Now, um, we have many practices that we <clears throat> implement in the course of our lives, but one of the most important ones, we've, we've just done a practice, as I men mentioned before, that I'm if you do it on a regular basis, you see its value for you. Uh, no one can tell you about that. You have to experience in your own lives. But we walk around, however, with an enormous, and I mean enormous amount of baggage on our backs. We walk around with baggage about everything. You name it. We put it on our back, and we carry it around, and we walk around with it, and we live with it, and we walk through that door with it, you know, each time. We don't leave, leave the baggage outside, and it gets for, to be for us something of, we take it for granted. Well, I'm going to talk about, about a way of dumping that baggage that will, I hope you will find useful in terms of your evolution, your transformation. I think we are all here, and if I'm mistaken, I apologize, for looking at the prospect or the, the opportunity for transformation. It's not just staying stuck in where you are, it's to be able to evolve beyond it, to move into a place of greater um, productivity, of greater... Uh, I, I simply use the word evolution in organic, you know what, what I'm talking about. We want to evolve beyond the place that we're in. And this whole idea of, of, we're stuck with all this baggage on our back. It's there for us, it's a reality. And we so take it for granted, we live with it. We, uh, in many cases, we feel that we can't do without it. You know, we, we've got to have that baggage, we need that stuff. Well, that stuff is actually in the way of our evolution, of our transformation. And what I've discovered that it is possible with a persistent effort, with a practice, with it becomes a spiritual practice. By the way, I'm speaking about healing. I've talked with maybe, I don't know how many thousands of physicians and, and practitioners, etc., about what is involved in the healing process. The healing process involves body, mind, and spirit. You do not heal on just one level. It doesn't work. The, some people who have uh, improved their, you know, people dying on their beds have gotten up and walked away from them through, through healing. 
And the, it's a mystery. Healing is absolutely a mystery, how it happens. But it doesn't happen on one level. It is not just the body, not just the mind, not just the emotions or the, or the, 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 the spirit. You'd have to do it on all levels. And one of the amazing things about um, transformation is that we have to discover what is it within ourselves that needs healing. I hope you're, you're, you're with me on that. It's, 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 it's a process of discovery. It is not one of, oh, one of these and one of that, one of something else. It's exploration. Now, <coughs> people spend many, many years and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars working with therapists about uh, what is, what's in their way and how they can get beyond it and how they can actually improve the, the way they live and live better, the quality of their lives. They want to, they want to understand in a better way than they have in the past. And all these thousands of dollars, you know, are spent, uh, by the way, I've spent the last 32 years in and out of 12-step uh, rooms, and I hear what people talk about in the rooms, and I hear that they say the same things over and over and over again. Have you not had this experience, if you've ever been to a 12-step meeting? If you go to the same meeting a number of times, you hear people repeat themselves over and over again, the same story. They are stuck in their story. You know what that's like. You know what it is like to live just in the fact of, of the, the borders, the, the, the encasement that, that surrounds uh, you and your life, that, it, that makes it rather difficult to get beyond it. By the way, that's what survivor means. Do you, do you, the, the meaning of the word survivor comes from super vivere, to live beyond. So if you're going to live beyond, you have to be able to look at what is it you're living beyond. What is it? People who are stuck in their story, people who are stuck in their diagnosis, people who are stuck in their addiction, people who are stuck in anything that is um, uh, an obstacle. And people frequently would prefer their obstacle to, than to be free of it. Uh, there's very little opportunity they have to go forward. That's one of the reasons, by the way, that people say if you, if you start recovery from, from uh, uh, chemical substances and addiction too late, nothing can, can, you can't be helped because you're stuck in your story. But it is possible, and by the way, I was 48 years old when I began, when uh, I, I discovered, by the way, I, I went to, to, uh, to uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, um, after my accident. I had a freak accident in 1976. The winch of a tow truck was dropped on the base of my spine, and it completely changed my life. I was vice president of George Mason University at the time, and I had planned to go on to be a university uh, uh, president. After that, I could barely walk, talk, or anything. It was a life of pain. So I moved to a warmer climate because I lived in Virginia at the time. I had a lovely house on, on, on the uh, Potomac, didn't make any difference. My life was over. So I went to Puerto Rico so I could live a little bit longer in the warmth. I needed the warmth in order to, uh, to survive. Well, I chose an apartment on the 15th story of a, a condominium and I decided when the pain got bad enough, I was going to go over the edge. But instead of that, instead of that, I discovered that there was some help that I could have. And that's how I found the 12-step program. They were huge 
difference in my life. And by the way, I wrote all through this period in my journals. I kept up the journal practice. It wasn't the end of, of, of my writing just because I found another uh, technique. Uh, it was because it had become so valuable to me as a way of uh, dealing with um, uh, these obstacles. By the way, I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that there is an actually strong scientific basis for this uh, activity of journaling. Uh, Penny Baker uh, identified it as framing. I don't know if you've ever heard of framing before, but framing is an activity in which you move something from one part of your brain to another. And in the framing process, when you, make a, when you put it in a frame, you make it possible to deal with those things in a new and different way. You, 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 like putting a handle on a frying pan, you know, you can move the things around it. All the stuff that's, that's in the pan frying, and we've got lots to fry. Uh, you make it possible for you to, to look at, to get a perspective of it in a different pattern than just telling someone. Telling someone is fine. You can tell your story over and over again. It doesn't change the story. But the minute you start to write about your story, or what's in the way, or what's troubling you, what are the issues that are actually uh, obstacles, you, you frame them so that you can look at them in a different way. And it's this framing activity that, is, that, that functions through the, the, the journal writing process. Now, I have to say that you only discover this if you do it. My telling you about it is kind of uh, some guy sitting up in, in the front of the room talking about something that he's do, been doing since 1955. You have to experience in your own life because it only works if you do it. And that means practice. Now when we talk about practice, I don't know if you meditate through the week uh, or not, or you wait just, just for Sunday to come here to, to do this. You discover that if you do it every day, that something particularly unusual happens. You discover that you can access spiritual dimensions that you wouldn't otherwise. And it's in this area of, of, of the spiritual that I, I, I find most fascinating with regarding to writing. Here I am writing about all the shit that happens to me through the week, which is exactly what I didn't want to write about. You know, I, I, I resisted the, the, this with, 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 with the, the psychiatrist. No, I don't want to write about that stuff. No, that stuff is, is, is uh, poo. You know, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. But it was precisely that that made it possible for me to get on with my life. Now, I don't know how many of you are writers, or you do keep a journal, or you don't keep a journal, but unless you're going to put feelings into the journal, it's not going to be the same for you. What Penny, James Penny Baker discovered is he had a, 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 group, a group of rape victims, young women, older women, who had been raped. And he divided them into three cadres. One group didn't do anything. The second group wrote about what happened to them. And the third group wrote about what happened to them and how they felt about it, their feelings. And he followed them for six, a six-month period in, in, in their progress uh, of recovery. No, nothing changed for the first group. The second group, only a modest change. But the third group, 
were at a different place in their life wishing to begin anew, another way to live. Well, this was the basis for a great deal more research. By the way, over the past 25 years, the shelves of that, uh, that wall could be filled with, with books and articles about this whole idea of what happens when people journal. By the way, it not only improves your health, they've discovered, with, with regard to uh, your blood pressure and temperature and, and, and issues like that, it also is an opportunity for you to experience yourself in a new and better way. In other words, it improves the quality of your life. The whole quality of your life. This, this is a, a, a real uh, uh, amazing thing about the fact, merely sitting down on a, on a regular basis, and I say regular basis, I'm talking about planning, making an appointment with yourself. Just as you come here at a certain time, on a certain day, to do it on, a, on give yourself you know, set your alarm. If you need to wake up 15 minutes earlier, that that's also okay. I don't. I, that's not the time I usually journal. I usually journal late at night. I use it for downloading. I, you know, you know, with your computer, every once in a while you have to download some stuff and get rid of it. We're talking about the stuff in your life that you need to get rid of. The baggage. The baggage is there, and you can actually make it possible to get rid of it, to actually move it off into a different place. And that doesn't mean you're saying, oh, I'm not going to worry about that. Because the research in this area has demonstrated that you worry more about that than you would if you didn't, hadn't said that. You put it in a place in your, in your experience that worries about it, that troubles you, that, 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 that gives you maybe even nightmares. We're talking about a practice that enters into your life as a... Um, an alternative to worry and is a uh, something that you can do. It's not the medical model, I, I, I assure you. The medical model, you go to the physician, whatever you've, you're, you're troubled with, and you say, fix me. This is not what happens in journaling. What happens in journaling is you begin to uh, fix yourself. It's, a, it's an active effort to explore what is, it, what is it that needs healing, which is the discovery process, to move it around into a different configuration and get the perspective <coughs> on it that you didn't have, another way to come up, in other words, to come up with an, an alternative to that. And third, actually to take some action, to make some plans about what you can do to help yourself. Now I have to say that if you're writing about the same thing month after month after month after month and you read it and you discover you know this is, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm stuck that is the time actually to seek some professional assistance but until that time most of the issues that you have on your plate <coughs> are those which you can just alright you can put out there you can let, let yourself <coughs> look at them so my experience over these past dozen years has been to go to, to uh, senior centers and hospitals I've, I've been at UCSF Kaiser uh, Stanford uh, St. Mary's lots and lots of hospitals 
and worked with people in the midst of, of uh, recovering from cancer or other life-threatening diseases, as well as gone to senior centers where people are just concerned with, with the, their, the processes of aging and, and the issues that come up for them with family and stuff. And we've talked about this, and I've designed 15 different journeys that people, that the reader can take it in, in his life, her life, and explore some of the things that have happened in the past from, the pers from a new perspective, from the perspective of taking a healing journey to be able to identify what is it that needs to be healed. I mean, if you don't know what needs to be healed, how can you do anything about it? It's, it's really a very simple uh, uh, factor. So the, the journeys involve, uh, one of them has to do with the most important one, and the book begins with a, uh, a journal on self-caring. What you have to do about more self, being more, to take more care of yourself with regard to body, mind, spirit, and emotions. What are the things you're doing or not doing? Another of the journeys have directly to do with, with food. You know, what you eat, how you eat, who you eat it with, and when you eat, all that sort of stuff. It, food is a terribly important issue in your life. By the way, what I'm talking about is to create uh, a different kind of food for you. We, we thrive on, on, on different kinds of foods. One is the food we put in our mouths to eat. Another is the air we breathe. The other are the impressions that we get from outside of, uh, of the world. And these create for us, we, we sustain ourselves on, on this kind of sustenance. I'm talking about creating a special kind of food for yourself that you can make, that you can prepare, that you can design based upon your own experience. So the, 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 the journeys continue through, uh, we've just done one of the most interesting ones. By the way, I do a workshop um, on Friday mornings at a place called Faithful Fools. Have you ever heard of them? It's a mission in the Tenderloin to, to the, the homeless. I do a, this workshop every Friday morning from uh, 10.30 now to noon, and everyone is welcome, it's free. Uh, you're free to come if, 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 if you can. We, we work through the journeys and we discuss that we don't read our journals. It's not a show and tell. Uh, it's an opportunity, however, to discuss as we explore what's in the way of making progress. We're interested in making progress, in dumping the baggage, in getting beyond the stuff that's in our way so that we can live more fully and enjoy our lives more. After all, if it's not about uh, getting more out of life, you know, it, it, it can only be about getting more baggage, having more baggage. You need more baggage? I propose not. Yet you take it in every day. You make more. And it's some of the stuff, by the way, I've, I've had great use of. I, I've, in in the, the book of, of, of poetry that I've... Uh, besides, I've been writing poetry since I was 11. So it, was, it came kind of natural to me. But I found that in journal writing, it was possible to develop uh, ideas and material that I, I developed into poems, into poetry. And I decided last year, instead of uh, dying before any of my poems were published, by the way, I'm in my 82nd year, so it's, uh, it, 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 it's uh, not like I didn't have some concern. Uh, <laughs> I, I was tired of waiting for some publisher to say, you know, uh, that now fits into a niche that I have. You know how publishing goes. If, if the book doesn't fit into a particular slot that the publisher is, 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 in, uh, is interested in, 
it's not going to be published. I decided I was going to do this myself. So I, uh, since the year, um, these, these are all poems written since the year 2000, and it's all about the, the last dozen uh, or so years of our lives. And I made the, I wrote a book of poems about this experience of aging firsthand from the inside. You know, I had, I was always, as a young man, even curious about it. I, my one experience of it uh, was with my mother. I must have been just before she died in 1970. I had visited her in Philadelphia, and uh, I was walking down the hallway, and she had just come from the bathroom, which, which obviously she had looked in the mirror, and she had had four heart attacks, and her eyes were very, very dark. I don't know if you know people with heart heart conditions, very dark eyes, and she uh, stopped me in the hall, and she laid her hand on my. Uh, uh, on my arm, and she said, Shepherd, she said, I know what you see when you look at me. She had just been to the bathroom. She said, I want you to know that in spite of what you see, I feel inside like a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> that was my only impression in all the years of what it is like to age. So. I began thinking, I'm sure that there must be other people interested in what, what's, what happens, what, what's there. So I <coughs> put these um, poems all together. It's been really very hectic. My whole, uh, these last couple of months, the design of it, to find uh, a marvelous designer in Maine who created a, 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 a fabulous book. Um, and I decided to call it Portal Poems. Because at any time in your life, you can pass through that portal in which you feel you're aging or old or approaching death. It's an amazing portal. So it's a portal poem. And what, what we did is design what happens when you get on the other side of the portal. You need navigation skills. So it's a book all about navigating age once you get through. So we found wonderful antique uh, compasses uh, to illustrate the book, and it's, it's a... Well, she did a fabulous job. She's the designer of the book, uh, uh, Right for Life, the, the edition previous to this. This, by the way, the book that I brought is, is a second edition revised for Kaplan Publications. The, the, the university public publisher, you, you see ad, ads for them sometimes, Kaplan University, they, they're, uh, they, they did this book. But I, getting back to, to, to the activity of creating something that, that is... Um, that has the, the possibility of, of growing and evol evolving and uh, being itself uh, a transforming um, entity. That's what the journal writing has, has been for me, because I, I don't just stop where I've been. I don't stay stuck, unlike the people in the 12-step rooms who are stuck in their story. What the story is in the past is only, that's where I got to then. It's where I'm going to get to now. What's next? What's next? Uh, I don't know if you if you feel uh, this this way about the excitement of of living with the possibility. I mean, we many people when they get to a certain age think, oh, you know, that's it. You know, uh, uh, my my uh, uh, daughter's partner, uh, uh, Linda, said to me, Shepard, you know, you've, you've done all these things in your life. Isn't it time to just kick back? It's just a couple of years ago. I said, what, what, what would I do? 
what, what would my life be like? If you're thinking about kicking back, that's your decision. It's, it's always your decision. It's always your choice. As I said before, what happens to you is what happens to you, but it's what you do about it that makes the, makes the big difference in, the, in your life. Um, I, I, I didn't go through all of the journeys. The journeys are there in the book. We're about to begin one on American Indian spirituality, uh, which is one that I've taken with, with people many times before. It's a very exciting one, having to do with looking at the world in a new way. Uh, no matter what has happened to you in the past, it doesn't mean that it can't change. It's just, uh, if you're so used to, 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 to living with it that way, and insist that it has to be that way, that's something for you to, to reconsider as, as a, a way forward. I always think that, that, that this... this uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you another story. I told you a story before about my son. This is a story, an ancient story. Of this uh, man is, is, has been traveling for many, many, many years in China. Uh, a Chinese uh, man. And he's, he finally uh, gets to, the, to a, a crossroad. And he says to the man at the crossroad, how far is it to the village of Sanghua? And the man says, oh, well, it's only five miles, but it's better not to start from here. How are you going to start from any other place except from here? <laughs> I mean, you, you are there right at this moment and this is an opportunity for you to think, you know, is, are there things, you know, I, I, one of the journeys in the book is called Not Yet. All the things that you haven't yet done in your life. Uh, 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 an opportunity. That's why I, I just, uh, I came back this summer from uh, two weeks in Greece and Turkey. I'd always wanted to go to Greece. It was really important for me. It was what I drew when I was 10 years old making pictures of the statues, I had to go and see them. And I did that. It was on my not yet list. It no longer is. Yes, I'd like to go back, but that's not a not yet. That's it. It, 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 it's something that I, I had to ask myself, um, what do you wish? What's your wish? What is your intention? And that's really at the heart of, of, of I think, a, a, a spiritual practice. What do you wish for your life? Is it over? Is it beginning? Where are you in it? And, and what are steps that you can take to make, to make it possible? So the, the uh, journal writing effort is one of the uh, uh, ways that I would encourage you to think about. And I, I'm hoping also that you might have some questions for me because it's your questions that I always find so stimulating uh, when I do a, a, a talk about journaling, because you bring up some issues that that uh, uh, are for you maybe they're they're an obstacle in the way. But if, if if there's something that that you'd like to ask me about this process, please do. I'm I'm uh, uh, available for yes. You mentioned that um, oftentimes we get stuck in our story. So are you suggesting also that we change the narrative that we share with people? No. I'm saying you need to write about the story. I'm saying, when you see your story in front of... I mean, we are people of the story. We, we love stories. You know, Children love stories. Adults love stories. Everyone likes a story. It's really important to acknowledge that this, that this has happened to you. 
and not be in denial about it. Many of us are in denial about the very things that, that, that we have passed through, and we don't, I'm not going to think about it, you know, push it. I tell people that, that I've written a, sto- uh, written a book about uh, journal writing, and they do, this is inevitable. Oh, I hate to write. You know, they put their hands out like this, I hate to write. And the reason for this is really very simple. Look at all the times you've gotten compositions back from teachers over the years with all those red marks, purple marks, mm-hmm. green marks. You know, criti- criticism. This is, a, this is an opportunity not to be critical of yourself, but to, be, to enter into the story yourself and to see it uh, in a frame, in a, new, in a new way. Thank you for the question. That's, that's great. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I just wanted to thank you for your talk today. Um, I've been going through a bereavement process this past year. It's been a tough one. My mom passed away unexpectedly. Um, she was in fine health that we thought, and then she just passed away peacefully in her sleep, but it's been a really tough process. About five weeks ago or so, um, I was talking to a friend. He said, Gloria, I really think one friend suggested, oh, maybe you might want to go back into therapy. And I wasn't into it, but the other friend said, well, I have a suggestion, so I thought, oh, God, watch him tell me to go to therapy, too. And then he said, I think you should journal. So I'm, I just started journaling for the first time, and um, it's been pretty amazing, I have to say, in the times that I can sit and do it. I, my problem is, is that, oh, look, there's a good tennis match tonight online. Oh, look, you're <laughs> some, my friend called you. Oh, yeah, let's chat. Oh God, it's almost nighttime. I can go out for a bike. I mean, I start to find yeah. excuses, even though I know the process is so enriching and it's helped me. There's a block there. Right. Well, well I, I put on the announcement for this. Uh, it, it's on lots of my, my documentation. It says, "Are you worth twenty minutes a day? If you're worth twenty minutes a day, damn it, then you can then you find you make it you make a date with yourself and you know, let it be." Um, um, at a time that, that isn't with all the distractions. Because all of those distractions are the noise. So if you, if you made it, make a date with yourself at a certain time in a certain place, and I believe that's important. You, you can't write, uh, well, I've written at every place in the world, you know, on trains, on buses, uh, you, you name it. But to make a date with yourself and to, to carry it out, to actually live it, means that you're important enough. That's one of the things that one of the participants in one of my workshops said. Uh, from journal writing, she said it was the first time in her life that she felt important. You know, how important are you? It, it's something. <laughs> I would, I'm, Thirty I'm, minutes at least. I'm, I'm glad you said that. But, and what happens? What happens? What happens one day when you don't write? Well, that's the day you didn't write. Doesn't mean that you can't pick it up again. I've known people who can't who can't pick up their journals because they wrote years ago, and because they put it down particularly women, their mothers read their journals, <laughs> and my, this is a real breach of, of, of faith, trust, etc. You have to put your journals away, by the way. You can't leave them out for people to read. It is not for anybody to read except you. And it is, if you know the Indian uh, term, it is your medicine. It's not, someone shouldn't take your medicine. It's that important. So you put it in a way, in a safe place, and you're the boss, you're in charge. You put a date, a time, and a place in the margin, and you write whatever comes up. And if you can't think of what to write, I'll give you three questions that you can use just to start writing. What surprised me the most today? It's always a good way to get started. 
The second thing is what moved me the most today, what emotional <coughs> happened to me that really got me moving. And the third is what do I most want to remember about today? Any one of those three will get you just to get started. And if you can't get your pen moving, do what, what one of the, the, the people in a workshop, he starts making circles on the page and pretty soon he begins to write and let it happen. And unlike, you know, uh, um, uh, Julia Cameron wrote this book called The Artist's Way. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's, it's, well, that's kind of for artists. I wrote this book for everyone who wasn't an artist and who wanted to just... Uh, whoever they were, engineer. I, I've given this this, uh, this uh, talk to, to, to businessmen, to accountants, etc. And anyone uh, who really wants to get more out, out of their lives. Bereavement is a particularly important. By the way, any date or anniversary on the calendar that comes up for you, and an, uh, some anniversary, some some you went someplace at a certain time, is a marvelous opportunity to write. People frequently write on travel. They, they take yeah. a journal, and I brought a special travel journal with me, and I, I, I wrote every day in it. I particularly like sitting on, uh, on the balcony of, uh, of the suite that, that I had on that little boat, and, and enjoy. it was a marvelous opportunity to be there, to be there. In fact, I, I have a, a poem about that that I, 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 I thought to read, but I got beyond myself. I, I want, I want more, to answer more questions, but... This is a, this is a one on it's how to begin. People are always telling me how difficult they have to uh, troubled. Shut your eyes and breathe. Open them and let the light behind the lashes of your lids. Swallow it into the dark, moist hollow of your throat. Feel yourself in the midst of silent music and smile at the symphony that flows like arpeggios up and down your scale of being. You are grace notes on a blank page that is waiting to be written. When will you begin? And where is your pencil? Where, oh, where is your pen? Even more important, what do you feel? That's the place to start from. Love it as you would the lullaby you never sang to yourself. Begin. That's about beginning, which is one of the, the most difficult. Yes? Well, I've journaled off and on over the years, and I, I've gotten quite a bit out of it, and I'm actually doing a little now. But my question <coughs> is this. It piles up. I've got a story through it, and I'm going to go through stuff and, and get rid of it. And I was wondering what you do. Do you go back and reflect on what you've done much? Or do you get rid of it? It's a very, very interesting question because I've got, uh, I, I began transcribing it for the computer so that I have files on, on a lot of it now. I'm, I'm a long way behind because of all the years, yet I intend to con continue doing it. It's an activity that, that en engages me. It's about me. It's about my life. But what I thought was important then. So I take it as, uh, 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 when I get through all of these other projects, you know, I'm gonna, but I, I, I've saved all of them. I have lots of them in, in books already, uh, in, you know, these springback binders that, that, that hold the material. And I suggest, by the way, to every, anybody who's writing, not to read the next day what you've written the day before, because all, all you're going to do is begin critiquing it. 
you know, that wasn't right, oh, I changed my mind about it. In one of my workshops at, at, at UCSF, a woman's daughter uh, was, a, was an 11 long, if you know the, the building, uh, was a, a dying down the hall. And she didn't want to write a journal because she was afraid if she wrote about it, her daughter dying, it would happen. And I assured her that she was not that powerful. That no matter how important she considered her word to be, it wasn't going to kill her daughter. And it was going to save her own life. Talking about bereavement. It would save her life in the process because it would enable her to download all of her stress and make it, make it a... a, a something that would be food. I mean, it's a different kind of food. When you, the thing about food is that we really need nourishment for our being. We absolutely require nourishment. But if it's this abstract thing, that this, this gerbil thing, going around and around and around in our heads about our story, we're not going to turn it into food. We need to turn it into food with the experience of, of, of the different levels that we have. Yes? Have you uh, have you found or have there been any studies on on uh, journaling uh, with a pen and pencil, uh, you know, on paper, as opposed to uh, the, doing it on a keyboard? I, I have been uh, really uh, uh, I'm one of the people who have been in the way of using the keyboard, and yet at the same time, as I know, because I'm much faster at the keyboard than I am writing. The, the thing about the keyboard is, as long as you'll promise yourself not to hit the, the, the spell check above uh, and to go on with it, because you, don't want to, you do not want to change anything that you've written. Whatever you've written, you've written. I find, however, because I've, I know that healing happens with body, mind, and spirit, the activity of using the, the hand, the arm, it, the, between the, the heart, the head, and the physical thing, it, it, it is a, a more complete experience. I can sit at the computer and, and just work it out. I also make many, many mistakes, but I'm fast. It, this, this isn't about being fast or accurate. What it is, is about is expressing yourself and making it possible for you to use what's happening or happened to you uh, as, as, as food. Yes. So let me get this straight because um, you're, you're a journalist, but then you're also a writer, right? Is that is that correct? Well, I I. And how does it spill over? Is it the same thing? And I does it interact with? Got you? it. Got it. I I uh, use. See, I I began as a, a, a poet and a novelist, and lots of people uh, say, "Well, you're a writer. No wonder you write." But the answer to that was, I was not writing about anything that I wanted to write. I used the material in the journal as the raw stuff, the substance, the material to, to, to um, put into... I mean, a, a story has a beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, um, an article that you're writing for a newspaper or, or a journal, you, know, you, have to, you have to put it in the right shape. The thing about the, the journal is that you write anything as it comes up, so it's all, it's a mishmash a lot of the time. It's not a, a document that you want to show anybody. In fact, I encourage you not to share it, show it with any, to anyone. People ask me about showing their journals to their friends. No, don't do that. 
you might want to take a, a, a piece of it and, and make it into the, I, the poems are, are an example of taking an experience in, in the journal and framing it in a new and different way you know it, it's um, it is a um, uh, art is 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 itself a different for, it's a form Journaling is, is formless. Journal, journaling is is, uh, is dumping stuff. So, and I never know what's going to come out. When I set out to, to write a poem, I know where I want to write about, and that's that's why I'm I'm, I'm informed by some something. If something is bothering me, if it comes up in the journal, I might decide to write a poem about it. Uh, I've written five novels. Uh, they, they have been from an entirely different place in my in my psyche. Uh, and that's uh, uh, I take for granted that that in other words I give myself permission to put whatever I want to things that I would never tell anybody into the journal and that frees me to get beyond doing some of the things that I, I would like to write about it, it's, a, it's permission I give myself permission to make as many mistakes as I need to yes yeah, just another uh, mechanical question around your process. Um, do you uh, find it more effective to write while sitting? Do you write in bed? Um, and part of that is uh, late at night, which I understand it makes sense, often just very tired, and it would be hard to kind of download properly without having some kind of a framework. So I'm just curious how you think about well, it. Well, I, I, actually, I actually write late at night in, sitting in bed, uh, whatever comes up. I don't have to download everything. I just have to download the story that's up for me, that's causing me... I mean, frequently I have difficulty uh, communicating with my sons. I'm sure you know that story. Uh, uh, sometimes even my, my, my daughter. If that's bothering me, I'll write about it. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what's going to come out. I don't plan it. But I do know that it's important for me to do it, no matter how tired I am. Maybe I'll only write three or four sentences, but at least I'll put it out on the page and make it something that, that is out of me. You know, it's not, it's not running around and, 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 and causing me havoc. I, I, uh, I don't know whether that answers your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes? Yes? You have time for one quick question. Well, it's actually, a, it's, so it's an appropriate time. It's a shift from the journal to your early comment, and I wonder if you might have any interesting comparison and contrast between, was it your 27 years or your 29 years with man and woman? Um, well, I've written an awful lot about that in the journals. I mean, a lot of, uh, there are poems in here uh, about, my, about the woman I was married to, uh, and there are poems about uh, uh, lovers uh, here. Uh, it's um, it's part of my life, you know. It it, it, it is um, who I am or what I am. I, I actually, it's a great uh, uh, way to close. I wrote a poem called "Is," uh, just "Is," uh, and I. Is is beyond awesome. It stings you to the quick and dirties up your life with now, not then. Is never was, 
And that's because the life you love is gone the moment that you live it. Who can teach you to is? What sage, what guru can open your mind to is? Both curse and blessing entwine around the knot of is. You. So it, it's all me. I mean, the, the, either the difference or the... Um, but I, I found it a fabulous source of, of uh, inspiration. Um, and uh, also I paint. So I've, I've painted those things as well. Uh, I uh, look forward to answer any of your questions, by the way, on the, the 26th of, of uh, uh, October at the... Uh, at Fort Mason Building C, the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library are going to launch uh, portal poems. Uh, for, for, I hope you can come. Uh, the, I brought uh, early copies here, and I brought copies of, of Right for Life with me as well. They're $15. Uh, I wish I could just give them out, but I can't. Uh, it, it is a, a, it's much less than the cover price that it says on the thing. So, uh, uh, And if you have any questions, I also have have cards uh, that you can... Uh, uh, the, the website for Portal Poems, by the way, is portalpoems.com. So you can look it up yourself. It's a... Uh, uh, Will you be available? Uh, yes, to stay afterwards? absolutely, sure. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, uh, announcements. I'll do the hosting announcement for today. I'm Len. There are... Um, refreshments um, on the table and if you have tea, which there's hot water for, please um, wash your cup out with soap and water in the sink when it dry. Uh, I'll be going around with the Donna Bowl and that's to support Sandra's um, um, costs and outreach and that is suggested at five to eight dollars more or less if we're able. And at 12.30, there's usually a group that meets at the doorway to go out to lunch. And welcome to the newcomers today. is Martin, Kevin, and Martinez. If you'd like to sign up, anyone, for the uh, newsletter, you can do that on the bureau outside the door. And uh, please welcome them. That's it. Um, so thank you, Shepard, for being with us. Uh, thank you. We've recorded your talk as well on our website within a couple of weeks. I just want to let you know that the most recent talk that was added to the website was from Jonathan Reynolds, who was here a while back, and many people commented it was quite a life-changing talk, so we encourage you to, if you have not heard it, to go to the website. Thank you. I, I participated in something recently called StoryCorps. I don't know if you know about it. Uh, you might have heard it on NPR. And it's very interesting and something parallel to what we heard this morning, so if any of you are interested in knowing more about that, you can talk to me. Um, in addition to what Len uh, brought, I brought some tea, and uh, it's an herbal tea, so it's caffeine-free, it's in a stainless steel bottle outside, uh, near the cups, so feel free to have some. And um, it's, The tea is, uh, it feels sweet, but it's actually sugar-free, so yeah. I, I I left a, a pad out there with uh, if you would like to leave me your your name I'll send you an invitation to the uh, launch on the twenty third and also uh, a um, included in 
on the website is actually a sampler of the poems. You just heard two today, but there are 21 poems. Uh, by the way, the book has 236 poems, so it's a really long book. Next Sunday will be an open discussion on the theme of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. um, so, we'll close uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. I'll leave it up to you, buddy. With the dedication of Eric. truth of this practice, may all beings have happiness in the causes of happiness. May all be free from sorrow in the causes of sorrow. May all never be separated from the sacred happiness which is without sorrow. And may all live in equanimity without too much attachment or too much aversion, believing in the equality of all that lives. Thank you for your practice. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum. If you would like to hear several new talks per month and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live, please subscribe to this podcast, like us on Facebook, and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org. <laughs>